0: to another episode of our Yasha Ministries Let's Wrap Reveal podcast. Uh, We've been covering this series since February. The Lord laid it on my heart around January to do a series on generational curses, uh, generational sin. And those of you who have been joining me know that we have been taking a journey throughout the book of Genesis thus far. And we've been talking about the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As always, for those of you who are returning listeners, I just want to take a moment before we get started to say thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen, like, comment, and share this great podcast. We want you to continue listening and continue to share. Please help us go around the globe. Also, those of you who may be listening for the very first time, I always want to let you know it is not by chance or coincidence that you are listening to this podcast today but it is by God's divine order. And I want you to know, beloved, he has ordered your steps right into our Let's Wrap Reveals podcast. So to you today, I say, welcome. You are in for a treat. You have joined us at a very good time. We are covering a powerful series once again entitled Generational Curses, Sins of the Father. On our last episode We were talking about generational curses and how sins run deep. We traveled all the way back to the beginning where it all started. We traced sin and curses all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Although we began episode one talking about the sins of Abraham and Sarah, we went back to discover that it did not just begin with them. We found out that sin flows down all the way from the Garden of Eden. Yes, that's right. It started with Satan, the serpent, the one who deceived Abraham's descendants. We talked about how Satan deceived Eve, which also caused Adam to disobey God. It was there in the Garden of Eden that we discovered that not only sin, but curses were passed on to the next generation. Adam and Eve's son, Cain, killed his brother Abel. Later, they gave birth to another son by the name of Seth, whose descendant was Enos, whose father was Canaan, who begot Mahalaliah, whose son was Jared. Jared was the son of Enoch, and Enoch was the descendant of Methuselah. We know that Methuselah's descendant was Lamelech, and Lamelech's descendant was Noah. We already established that Noah was the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and out of Shem's descendants came Sarug, Abraham's great-great-grandfather. Then Nahor, Abraham's grandfather, which led us to Abraham's father, Terah. Then on the scene came Abraham, who begot Isaac, who begot Jacob. And today on let Rap Reveals, we're going to be covering the next generation. Exactly who are we referring to when we talk about the next generation? We're talking about Jacob's 12 sons. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap Reveal, we're going to be continuing this powerful series entitled, Sins of the Father, Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Part 4, The Next Generation. Let's wrap. At the end of Episode 2, we covered the life of Esau and Jacob. We found out that the spirit of deception ran strong in the bloodline of Abraham. We talked about how Jacob, with the help of his mother, Rebekah, tricked Esau out of his blessing, leaving Esau so angry, he declared he would kill him as soon as their father, Isaac, was dead. In order for Rebekah to save her beloved son, Jacob, she sent him to live with her brother, Laban. In episode two, we covered that Jacob arrived in Haran, and he meets Rachel, Laban's daughter, and he desired to marry her. We also talked about in episode two that Laban agrees to allow Jacob to marry his daughter if he would work for him for seven years, tending to Laban's livestock. But we also learned that at the end of the seven years, Jacob asks to marry Rachel, but instead of getting rachel laban tricks jacob into marrying his older daughter leah instead now we learned that after jacob realized he was duped he confronted laban who also agreed to give him rachel only if he would work for additional seven years so jacob agrees and he marries rachel and start working out his next seven years Now, after those seven years were complete, Jacob desired to take his uh, family, all of his belongings, everything that he had earned while he was there and leave. But at that time, Laban decided to pull another fast one and he wanted to trick Jacob out of his wages. Uh, So Jacob agreed and worked an additional six years before finally taking his family and all of his belongings and leaving without telling Laban. And now... Having served Laban for 20 years, Laban proved to be a greater trickster than Jacob. So Jacob made a decision to return back to his homeland and he traveled with his family back to his land, but still fearing his brother Esau. Remember Esau had made a vow before their father died that he would kill Jacob as soon as their father Isaac was dead. But yet Jacob was hoping that he would be able to be reconciled with Esau. It was on his way that he has another encounter with the Lord where he wrestled with the man until the break of day. Now, it was there at Peniel that Jacob got his breakthrough and his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Now, at this time, Jacob had 11 sons. The Bible says that Jacob was able to reconcile with his brother Esau, Genesis 33rd chapter tells us that Jacob and his family settled down in the land of Shalem, the city of Shechem, which was in the land of Canaan. It was here that Jacob purchased a field and spread his tent at the hand of the children of Homar. This series picks up in Genesis, the 34th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Let's read. I'm gonna be reading from the Message Bible. One day, Dinah, the daughter of Leah, had given unto Jacob, went to visit some of the women in the country of Shechem, the son of Homer, the Hittite, which was the prince, saw her and raped her. Then he felt strong attractions to Dinah, Jacob's daughter, fell in love with her and wooed her. Shechem went to his father, Homer. Get me this girl for my wife. Jacob heard that Shechem had raped his daughter Dinah, But his sons were out in the field with the livestock, so he didn't say anything until they got home. Homar Shechem's father, went to Jacob to work out the marriage arrangements. Meanwhile, Jacob's son, on their way back from the field, heard what happened. They were outraged, explosive with anger. Shechem's rape of Jacob's daughter was intolerable in Israel and not to be put up with. Homer spoke with Jacob, his sons, my son Shechem is head over heels in love with your daughter. Give her to him as a wife in a marry with us. Give us your daughters to us and we will give our daughters to you. Live together with us as one family. Settle down among us and make yourselves at home. Prosper among us. Shechem then spoke for himself, addressing Dinah's father and brothers. Please say yes. I'll pay anything. Set the bridal price as high as you will. The sky is the limit. Only give me this girl for my wife. Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father with cunning. In other words, they answered him deceitful and said, because he has defiled Dana, our sister, because he has raped her, they said, this is impossible. We could never give our sister to a man who was uncircumcised. Why? We'd be disgraced. The only condition on which we can talk business is if all your men come circumcised like us. Then we will freely exchange daughters in marriage and make ourselves at home among you and become one big happy family. But if this is not an acceptable condition, we will take our sister and leave. That seemed fair enough to Homer and his son Shechem. The young man was so smitten with Jacob's daughter that he proceeded to do what they had asked. He was also the most admired son in his father's family. So Homer and his son Shechem went to the public square and spoke to the town council. These men like us, they are our friends. Let them settle down here and make themselves at home. There's plenty of room in the country for them. And just think, we can even exchange our daughters in marriage, but these men will only accept our invitation to live with us and become one big happy family on one condition, that all of our males become circumcised just as they themselves are. This is a very good deal for us. These people are very wealthy with great herd lot and livestock, and we're going to get our hands on it. So let's do what they ask and have them settle down with us. Everyone who was anyone in the city agreed with Homer and his son Shechem. Every male was circumcised. Now three days after the circumcision, while all of the men were still very sore, two of Jacob's son, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, Each, with his sword in hand, walked into the city as if they owned the place and murdered every man there. They also killed Homar and his son Shechem and rescued Dinah from Shechem's house and left. When the rest of Jacob's son came on the scene of slaughter, they looted the entire city in retaliation for Dinah's rape. Flocks, herds, donkeys, belongings, everything whether in the city or field, they took. And then they took all the wives and the children captive and ransacked the homes and anything valuable. Jacob said unto Simeon and Levi, you've made my name stink to high heaven among the people here. These Canaanites and Presidites, if they decide to gang up on us and attack us as few as we are, wouldn't stand a chance. They'd wipe me and my people right off the map. And they said, nobody is going to treat our sister like a whore and get by with it. Wow. I think that that was pretty clear. We see exactly what's happening here. We see that that same spirit of deception, that same spirit of deceitfulness has now passed on to the next generation. We can clearly see that that same spirit of deceitfulness, that same cunning spirit, that same spirit of trickery, that same spirit of lying has passed on to the next generation. When we look in that seventh verse, it clearly tells us that Jacob's sons were outraged. It tells they were explosive with anger. They were so upset that Shechem had uh, raped their sister Dinah that they were willing to do whatever it took to revenge their honor. So what what did they do? They hatched a plan. They decided that they would go in and tell them that they would be in agreement with them interchanging uh, their daughters with one another. But the men needed to be circumcised. And once they realized that they had went through with the circumcision and they were not yet healed, the Bible says three days in. Simeon, as well as Levi went in throughout the camp with their sword in their hand. They went through and they killed all the men of the camp. Not only did they kill the men, the Bible says that they killed Homar as well as they killed Shechem. They went through destroying everything. And as soon as they were done killing and wiping out everybody, the remainder of Jacob's son came through and they began to loot The entire city, it went on to say that they took whatever it is they wanted. They took herds, donkeys, belongings, everything in the field and out of the field they took. They even took all the wives and the children captive and they ransacked the homes for any valuables that they could find. So we see here that not only have the spirit of deceitfulness, the spirit of cunning, the spirit of trickery followed down to the next generation but also the spirit of murder. Simeon and Levi are now uh, murderers. They murdered all of the men of the city. So now that same spirit that flowed through the generation, that same spirit, the spirit that Cain had that killed Abel, that same spirit that Esau, that was trying to attach itself to Esau to kill their father Jacob, it has now fallen upon Jacob's sons. We're talking about generational sin, generational curses. Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter and the ninth verse, it goes on to remind us that the Lord says, for I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation. I say that to say, we have to be very careful what we do. Once again, I tell you, don't think that what you do doesn't matter. It is affecting the next generation. As we can see, as we cover the life and the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we can see how thus far there are spirits attached to this family. There are the spirit of deceitfulness, deception, lies, trickery, manipulation, sibling rivalry, jealousy, hatred, even murder. We're taking a look at the life of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to let you know your family is not the only family that dealt with dysfunction. Just like there's different spirits that follow this bloodline, different generational curses and generational sin, you too and your family has something that you're dealing with. If you begin to look back, as I stated before, and shake the family tree, you'll begin to see what is going on within your family bloodline. It is here that we have to take these things and submit them under the blood of Jesus. Remember, because of the blood of Jesus, we are no longer under a curse. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter in the 19th verse, it says, Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life and that you, and not only you, but your descendants might live. We have a choice today, beloved. You can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose blessings or you can choose curses. We are no longer under the curse. The curse has been broken by the blood of Jesus. But we have to make a conscious decision to come to God and submit it under the blood. The Bible tells us in Hebrew 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If ever there was a time of need, now is the time. I want you, beloved, to think about everything that we've covered in this series thus far and know that we all have something that follows our bloodline. Whether it be generational sicknesses such as arthritis, cancer, whether it be diabetes, heart trouble, high blood pressure, whether it be mental illness, whether it be depression, whether it be just violence, anger, or abuse, whether you deal with unforgiveness, pride, greed, or selfishness, maybe there's uh, sinful generational addictions such as alcoholism or drugs, or maybe you deal with sexual addictions such as pornography, adultery, fornication, no matter what the case is. I want you to know that you are as sick as your secrets. The Bible tells us that he that hides and covers sin shall not prosper. But I want you to know today that there is grace and mercy at the throne of Jesus. You can come boldly, beloved. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to hold on to the things of the past just because your father or your mother dealt with these things doesn't mean that you have to deal with it. The curse can be broken. The curse is broken by the blood of Jesus. Someone may be wondering, why am I doing this series? Why am I talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why am I talking about generation curses and generational sin? Why do I continue to cover this and bring out all of these things that followed this family because I want you to be able to look at this family and know that if God can use Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if he can use a bloodline with all the things that they had going through in their life, he can use you too. Nothing so bad that you've done. There is nothing so bad that has occurred in your life that the Lord cannot use you. All we have to do is come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain the mercy that we so desperately need. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this teaching. God, I thank you for allowing us to go through the pages, God, just take a walk through the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I thank you for allowing us to see ourselves in the pages of your word. I thank you for showing us. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the flaws that they had in their life, God, and we're flawed just like them, but yet you use them, Father, and there's no doubt that you can use us. Even in the midst of everything that we have going on in our lives. God, God, we come to you, Father. We surrender it all to you. Father, we come boldly to you. God, we know that you know all about us. You know all about what follows our bloodline. So, Father, we ask that you will begin to reveal to us, God, those things that we need to come before you and confess. God, so that we don't pass it on to the next generation. Father, we want the curse to be broken with us, oh, Father. We will do it today, Father. Father, help us, oh, Father, that we might choose life, God, and not death. God, help us that we might choose blessings and not curse, God, that it'll not only be well with us, but it'll be well with our descendants. Lord, we just thank you today, and we ask all these blessings. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray, amen. I do hope you have enjoyed enjoying this a series entitled, Generational Curses, Generational Sin. This was part four entitled, The Next Generation. I want you to come back for the next episode. Please don't miss it as we continue to cover the children of Jacob. And we continue to see how the generational sin, generation curses continue to follow the descendants of Abraham. Isaac, and Jacob. Please come back and join me. We also want you to go to Facebook and be a part of our Facebook family. Yes, that's right, Facebook. Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. Please, please go join us. And don't forget to join our Facebook group page, Let's Wrap Reveal's group page on Facebook. We also want you to know that you can become a patron of this great ministry for as little as $5 a, more a month, whatever the Lord lay on your heart to give this ministry. Help us continue to spread the gospel around the world. I want you to know as always, I love you but you better know God will always love you more. Until the next time I am Elder Shanina Walker have a blessed day.